When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On paper, you'd think this was going to be one hell of a train wreck. But then you listen and you realize common sense doesn't have a party, an ideology, a stereotype, or a color. Can we be united again? Stick around and we'll prove it. This is Doc in the Block. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doc in the Block podcast. Normally, I'd be sitting here next to the greatest music producer of all time, but he's off following Malik around the country for his college football career. But in, uh, I also have with me the world's greatest NFL running back, Veron Haynes. What's up, buddy? What's up? Good morning, Doc. How you been, brother? I'm, I've been busy, man. It's been a brutal uh, couple of months. Uh, but a lot of good stuff has been going on. Uh, you and I are going to talk a lot about our kids today and uh, about no excuses and what exactly that means. Give me the update on Justice. How's his life going? He's doing well, man. You know, uh, he's he, he got a little banged up uh, in the the week before the off week. You know, going down on the special teams, you 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 helped with that with getting him back. Uh, good thing he doesn't throw the ball, right? Because it's yeah, like how's his elbow feeling? Thing. It's feeling good, man. It's, he he's doing what he good. can do as far as treatment wise, and and but basically, you know, I tell him, <laughs> I set him up right. I was like, "How's it uh, I'll ask the same question, then I'll be like, "Good." Now take that and bottle it up and throw it out your mind because guess what? Nobody cares. Nobody cares if you're yeah. going on a football field, yeah. right? Yeah. The last thing somebody that's trying to tackle you is going to say is, "How are you feeling? Is it is is it 100%? No, nobody's 100%. So guess what? If you're going to suit up, you got two choices, either suit up or don't. That's it. No excuses. How many days were you 100% when you were playing in the NFL? <laughs> the first day. The first day of training <laughs> yeah, exactly. camp. You show up, right? You show up the yeah. first day, and then something something is going to happen. You're going to yeah. get banged up, right? You're it, it's it's inevitable, man. You got 300 pound guys moving at the speed of light mm. <laughs> at each other. Yep. It's going to happen, we were, dude. We were just I'm having so this conversation stuff, man. yesterday. I can't wait to t- dive in about your daughter and her accomplishments, man. I can't wait. Oh no, when, listen, listen. Once we start getting into Sienna, where well, I'm not giving up the microphone, I'm so proud of her. But <laughs> I was just going to say we were having we were having the conversation yesterday about what it's like to be in the NFL, you know, and I remember playing linebacker in high school football, 10 games and just, you know, having the life force out of your body from all the beat up. And uh, I don't think people, if you haven't been 
like on the sidelines watching NFL football, the size and speed of these guys. And then you guys play like 700 games and then the practices and everything. I don't, I don't know how you guys do it. It is just, it is just yeah. an unbelievable you know, amount you know of punishment. What, Scott, Scott, that's, that's, that's at each level, right? It changes. And, and people yep. say the speed changes. The Honestly, yeah. the attention to details is the key focus. And that is the, if I had to put my hand on anything, pinpoint anything, that's the number one thing. And it's attention to detail to your body, right? Taking care of it, yep. attention to details with what you're doing with your spare time, uh, attention to details with your plays, you know, staying in the script. And, 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 and if you could control what you could control, everything else slows down immensely. And that's in every walk of life. Right. You put in the time and you put yourself in a position to make it easier. What do I mean by that? I mean, like you don't show up. I, I don't think you show up two minutes before surgery and be like, uh, I um, what do you, uh, scrub me in, you know, like, no, show up early, have everything, all the all the platitude, everything is laid out for you. You got your tools, your working tools and you're ready to go. You're getting in your zone. Right. And, 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 and it helps. Right. You also, if, if, yeah. if, if it's a new surgery, I'm, 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 I'm assuming at one point you have done one new thing and trying new things. Right. So you, 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 you studied, you put in the, the, you, you, you took all the details from all other surgeries and you kind of figured it out yourself. You don't walk in and say, Hey, I'm a wing this. So it's, so it's funny you bring that up. That. It's funny you bring that up because I had a case yesterday that was like a career case. And um, I use this also when I talk to my kids about anxiety. You know, that's one of the big things to, in this day and age, right? Everybody's got anxiety and they think it's abnormal. And, and, you know, to guys like you and me, it's like, what are you talking about? Anxiety is like a normal emotion that we all have. You got to learn to deal with it. You got to learn to use it. And I had this guy come in a couple of weeks ago or a couple of days ago, actually, that had a knee dislocation, which is a really significant injury. And uh, you can lose your leg from it. In fact, they had a high school or uh, a college football player at UC Davis uh, years ago, probably 10, 15 years ago, that had a knee dislocation and the blood supply to his leg got cut off. He ended up losing his leg. And that's kind of an understood known complication of this problem. And this guy had the worst knee dislocation that I have ever seen. And I have seen a lot of knee dislocations and a lot of trauma. This one was bad. Every single thing was torn and he broke the top of his shin bone in a very unusual way that was in the middle of the, the bone. And I was looking at this x-ray, I'm looking at his knee and I'm trying to figure out how to fix this thing. And, you know, we ended up getting MRI CT scan so we could really evaluate this. I called my team, my reps, my PAs, and I started talking through how we would fix this thing. And I was really anxious about it. I was like, man, I don't want to lose his leg. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to fix this thing. And I don't even know how I would do it, but I've been you know, doing this for 30 years now. And I got a lot of tools in my bag. I just had to figure it out. And so took him to the operating room yesterday. I had a plan. I was very nervous, uh, but you know, the nerves keep me focused, you know, and I was like a laser beam on it. And this case could not have gone any better. I got on the inside uh, his 
his joint surface basically broke and it flipped over so that the cartilage was facing down to the bone and the bone part was facing up to the knee, up to the thigh bone. And so I had to kind of get in there, uh, tease it out. I put it back in place like a Lego piece, put a couple of screws in that, and then we reconstructed his medial collateral ligament. And I mean, it just came out so awesome. And this is going to be a stage procedure. I could let him heal for about three to six months, and then I go back in and fix all his other ligaments and things. But it was a good example of, you know, even when you do what you do for a long time and you get old and stuff like that, it's the same thing in life. You know, it's like you got anxiety uh, and you have to figure out a way to channel that anxiety, stay focused um, and accomplish things. You know, you can't just uh, always be be freaking out, you know. And uh, I was just going to tell you, when I was covering the East-West Shrine game back uh, in the early 2000s, I remember Joey Harrington was there. So he was the Oregon quarterback, went in the NFL. I think he went to the Lions initially. Uh, but he was one of the top picks in the NFL draft. And I remember they got out there and they started scrimmaging. And I was listening to the players talk about it. And all they were talking about was the speed. Like they just couldn't believe how fast everything happened. And it blew their minds, but obviously they adjust to that and then you get used to that. And that's just how life is. You know, it comes at you and uh, sometimes you get overwhelmed and you just have to figure out a way to, to, to deal with it. Right. Right. Tell me this, Scott, when you got in there and your nerves and anxiety started flaring up, how did you channel that? What procedures and methods would you, did you subscribe to? So I pray, I always pray. And I try to tell my kids that I believe in prayer a lot. You know, the, one of the things I think that makes me function in this world really well is understanding that there's another world that's more important that's to come after this one. And I, I believe that my life is about what God wants for me and not necessarily what I want for myself. And it's a constant battle to realize that, right? Because every time you get into anything, it's like, well, what about me? You know what I mean? Anytime we do anything, your first instincts are, well, what yeah. about me? And it takes a lot of work to realize it's not about you. It's about what he wants for you. And so I knew that God put me in position to help this person. And that was where my anxiety came. I didn't want to let him down, you know? And so out of respect for my patient, I really prepared. So, you know, I had, I have my, uh, I have a video up of other types of surgeries like that because people post it all the time and I like to see what other people are thinking about. So I have that in the operating room. I always put the anatomy pictures up on my, uh, I have a giant screen that's hooked up to a computer in there so I can pull up a Google um, anatomy of the knee. So I am exactly focused on everything it's doing. And then I, I visualize, I know you guys do that in sports as well, right? You visualize what things are going to look like. And I imagine what I'm going to do. And I've been doing this for a long time. So I know where the problems are. I know where the difficult steps are going to be. And I try to think through all the different possibilities so that when I'm under pressure, I'm not having to think about it for the first time when I'm, when I'm stressed. I try to think about it ahead of time. So it's like, okay, if this happens, I've already thought yeah. about it. I'm going to do this next thing. You know, and I know you guys do that in the NFL too, right? And in, in any sport, in any endeavor, really, you have to kind of visualize and start thinking about Absolutely. what you would do. Step one, step two, step three. Absolutely. So you 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 made a great point, a few great points. One, you 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 kind of 
have some examples and you prepared yourself that way. That's key in any situation. Preparation is the key in my, in my opinion. And then two, you, what I totally love is that you, um, you, you, you kind of like laser focused your mind right into just being, being present and you visualized and you put yourself in a, in a, in a Zen kind of meditation where, you know, I'm in control. Yeah, your emotions are definitely part of who you are, but you were in control of your emotion. Your emotions wasn't in control of you. And the third thing that I will uh, hit on is is that I totally agree with is the the fact that you 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 prepared yourself for all the nuances and particulars that could come up. And you had a, a, a response. It wasn't the first time if something come up that, that you're kind of gauging and thinking about, okay, what should I do? No, I'm already prepared. That's the key to anything to be successful, in my opinion. So kudos to you, my my brother, for uh, just indulging us in, 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 in a day in life of Scott Barber. Yeah, man. You know, the thing is, it's not, it's not about, hey, look at me, look at what I can do. I'm just trying to show people that nobody has it figured out. You know, it's the, it's the same yep. for everybody. You don't get to a point where, oh, I'm going to get to that stage of my life when I'm not nervous about things. And, you know, my daughter, Sydney, the singer, she comes into our room last night and she's up for some parts in a play. And so she's nervous about whether or not she's going to get the role she wants. She's got her all state competitions coming up for her singing and she starts dropping all this negativity in there. And my wife and I had to kind of beat her up a little bit about, Hey, listen, you know, that's not how this goes. You know, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you have all these negative thoughts, you're missing the shot before you even take it. You know, you have to prepare, mm. you do your best, and then you have to create positive thinking because positive thinking is also a self-fulfilling prophecy. And if you can visualize and see yourself succeeding, then it's more likely to happen. And then you just have to kind of learn that God has a plan. And sometimes the plan is not for you to win. You know what I mean? And when that happens, you have, to, you have to understand that not everybody wins all the time. And when you lose, you know, you have to figure out a way to learn from it and, and take something. But positive. it's a lesson, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, you know, yeah, Conor yeah. McGregor said it. I never lose. I either win or I learn. And I, I love that statement because that's just how I it love is. It. And that's, uh, that's, that's totally how. And it's not easy. I mean, you know, you said we, you and I are sitting here talking about it like it's tough, you know, losing hurts. And that's no, it know, takes that's practice. part of the process. It, practice. it, does, it definitely takes practice. And, and, and I agree with you. But but here's the main focus. What's the worst thing happened? Because at the end of the day, God willing, you're going to get up the next day yeah. and win or lose. You're going to have to do it again. Right. You're yeah. going to put on one foot and you're going to put one foot in front of the other. You're going to either grab the mic and sing your butt off again or not. Right. But the sun is going to come up and you're going to be presented with the same opportunity. So why put all that negative energy into something that hasn't happened yet? Right. Like that's just creating a bubble that you don't even want to like put up there and, 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 and give any validity to. In my opinion, right? You just you 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 create your space, and nothing comes in that you don't want to come in into your space. Well, you and I both know the great ones have the ability to shake it off, right? Great. It's not like when you're great, you don't fail. You still fail, 
but the great ones have the ability yeah. to shake it off and move on to the next, you know, f- focus on the next game, you know, the next opportunity. And what is I that? Guess, what is that quote that Michael Jordan said? I, I failed as many times as I, as I have succeeded in life. Right. Yeah. But guess what? He still shot the ball. Yeah. Still, he's, like, he, he always gave, says I, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. You know, that's a good that one. You don't take. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so, so let's go in. I'm so stoked, dude. Like, text, my wife texted me. He was like, show me all the pictures on your daughter. And I was like, oh my God. I said, stop the press. I think I texted you late at night. Yeah. As soon as yeah. I got the message, I was so stoked because I remember your story when you were like, you know, she had a catastrophic meltdown and you were like, dude, what do I do? And, and how did, and, 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 and you did tell us what you said, but walk us through that. Yeah. So my younger daughter, Sienna, she's a competitive horseback rider. She rides Western and she was at the world championships last year, a little more than a year ago. And she had an absolute meltdown when she was really young. She was in a different age group, the young age group, and she won the world championship. She came out of nowhere to win it. And you know, her coach was like, man, that never happens. And it was just unbelievable. And as a result, she was forced to compete at the highest level because once you win the world championships, you don't get to go down to the lower levels. And so she's the youngest competitor out there and she's having to compete against all the old veterans, college kids. And she's, you know, 14 years old. So she went to this competition, the world championships last year after coming off of winning and she's in the upper age group now, and she had an absolute meltdown. She was getting disqualified. She wasn't doing her patterns properly. She didn't get any callbacks. So just for people who aren't familiar with horseback riding, they have like 90 riders go out and they do their pattern or whatever that takes you know a couple of minutes. So you got to go through those 90 people. And then the judges judge the top 20, and then those top 20 come back and they kind of do the whole thing again and some other stuff for the competition and they call that a callback. So obviously you got 90 competitors. If you get a callback, you know, that's pretty good. You know, you're at least 20 out of 90 and that's, that's positive stuff. And you, you know, whenever you do a competition that involves judging, there's a lot of variability in there, right? Because judges have biases, they see things differently. And, you know, there's, that's why they talk about in, in MMA, you know, like don't leave it up to the judges, go out and get a finish, you know, that way you take that variability out. But Sienna was, did really poorly in the world championships last year. She was crying. Her coach was upset at her. And it was really heart wrenching as a dad because, you know, we're, you and I are always kind of preaching no excuses and shake it off and all this kind of stuff. And we know it's easier said than done, right? When you're in the midst of failure, it really hurts and your emotions are up. And when it's your kid, it's even worse. And so uh, my wife ended up scratching her in her last few events because it was going so poorly. So it was just a complete meltdown and she came home and I went, you know, went in and I, I talked to her and she was in tears and just so upset. And, you know, I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I'm never going to be able to do this again. And I was like, no, 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 let's, that's not how this goes. You had a bad showing that happens. Everybody has bad days. You got to shake it off. Let's learn about it. I failed, but I'm going to rededicate myself to this. And so she started, and I told her, like, you don't get to win without putting in the work. And the work is always much more than you ever imagine it could be. And if you're going to compete, 
and fail, you want to at least look back and know I did everything I possibly could have done to win. And so she was training mornings, weekends. She used to go to the, you know, the ranch is far away from my house. So she would go and spend the night on a Friday night so she could wake up on the weekend early and train all weekend. And she hates doing that, you know, but, you know, I would tell her, it's like, Hey, if you want to win, this is the price. And so she did it, you know, and I was really proud of her. And so we went to this competition uh, a couple of weeks ago, Congress, which is another huge competition, national competition that has all the best riders there. And, you know, I, I pulled her aside and I said, Hey, look, I'm very proud of you win, lose or draw on this thing because of all the work that you've put in. And, you know, you did the work and I'm proud of you. And now it's up, you know, it's in God's hands and it's up to the judges and just go out there and do the best you can. And you know what? She had this confidence in her. And why did she have this confidence? It's because she put in the work and she prepared, right? That confidence comes from preparation. And so she goes out there. There's 95 riders out there. And I mean, my wife and I are sitting in the stands. We watch it. And in her first uh, pattern, she was really good, like not perfect, but pretty close to perfect. And I was just like, wow, that's, and I don't know a lot about horseback riding. So I have to kind of ask the coaches, like, how'd she do out there a lot of times? Cause they all, you know, 95 riders, they all kind of look the same to me, but I could tell she did well. And the coach was like, yeah, she, she did pretty good. She'd probably get a call back. So I was like, okay, well that's, you know, that's a positive step. So watch the whole 95 riders. She gets called back and she gets to go first. They want her to go first for the next pattern for the top 20. And I asked the coach, I said, does that mean anything? Is it like, you know, you get called back first because you're a favorite or is it random? And he was like, eh, I don't know. It might mean something, but maybe not. So she's the first rider of the 20 for the callback and she does her pattern and it is perfect. I mean, I'm just like, man, that is so good. So the other 20 riders go and, you know, I didn't think anybody looked better than her. So in the back of my mind, I was like, eh, you know, it's possible. So then they do this other thing called rail work where all the riders are out there and they have to trot and gallop and do all these different things. And uh, they take their feet out of the stirrups. So they're kind of just riding freehand and then they have to do a bunch of stuff. And it's kind of the last thing that the judges gauge them on. So uh, then when they're completed with that, all 20 riders go up against the back of the fence and they start calling all of the riders from 20 on down. So they, We'll call the number out, you know, four, you know, number four, six, eight, five, 20th place. And they come in, they go, they get a little ribbon or a medal. They take a picture and then they do number 19 and then number 18 and 17. So my wife and I, we don't look at each other. We're not saying anything. It's like, you know, that pit in your stomach uh, each time, you know, and it's not her number and it's like, okay. And then when she got into the top 15, I was kind of like, all right, that is amazing. And I'm like, could she do top 10? That would be good. Let's get top 10. So we get down to top 10 and I was like, oh man, give me top five. And then she got down to top five and I was like, okay, let her place at least third, you know, and then she got down to third and I was like, oh man, let her win this thing. And they got down to two riders and I'm just sitting there and I still haven't looked or said a word to my wife. And then they say, uh, you know, and number two is, and they say the number and it's not Sienna's number. And the look on her face, I posted it online. She has this look of astonishment on her face and she won this competition. She beat the defending world champion. Uh, she, um, I've never seen her grin like that. She's 15 now and I have never seen her that happy, that fulfilled, that proud. And, 
you know, to watch her come out, you know, they, they let her take a lap around the, around the arena and she's waving to the crowd and she's got her trophy in there. They put a big blue ribbon around the horse's neck. She's leaving with her coach and, you know, they're all hugging. And then when we got back to the barn area, she's sitting there with all of her teammates and they're dancing and doing a jig. And just as a father, it was just like the best experience of my life. And I just love the completion of the story, right? It's like, Coming from a total meltdown, she scratched, she failed, disqualified, and she was having a complete meltdown, total negativity. We have the conversation about this is how life goes, put in the work, and then she does it. And then to come out and have a win like that, man, it was just the best. And the thing that I loved the most about it is when you have an experience like that in your life, it'll sustain you for the rest of your life because now you believe, you know, you know that no matter, you know, bad times are coming. And I have them too. You know, you have them too. It's like you never get too old for them. You never get too successful for them. You just have to keep your head down and keep doing the things that we know work, which is what? No excuses. You know, you have to put in the work, no excuses. And so it was just a great experience. So the thing I'm most proud of Sienna, my daughter, is that she was able to take a tragic loss where she was feeling hopeless and feeling like, she had lost everything and refocus and rededicate herself. And in less than a year, she came back to win this enormous tournament against the world champion. And it's just good proof positive to everybody out there that you have to have no excuses in your life for people who think that they're behind the eight ball because of the way they look, because of their gender or, uh, because of their athletic ability or because of how well they read or whatever it is, you have to understand that God gives everybody certain gifts and we have certain limitations, every one of us. But the one thing that we all have within us is our effort and our ability to try and to compete and to have no excuses. You have to do the work and you have to put in the time and preparation will allow you to have confidence and you have to understand that losing is part of the process and not let losing destroy you. And that's what makes real winners in this world. And I remember my father telling me when I was young that sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Sometimes you're failing and it seems like the world is against you and it seems like nothing is going your way. But in the end, good things come to people who work hard. And that's the lesson that I want all of you listeners out there to have is that in this world, we want to have no excuses. Put the time in, put the effort in, be brave, be courageous, do the work, have the virtues that we try to talk about on this show, honesty, integrity, accountability, being a good teammate, and in the end, things will go your way. I hope seeing a story inspired you guys. We're going to be sharing a lot more of this. Uh, we got some other drama to talk about with Malik Spencer. Big Block is out watching Malik play this weekend at Michigan State. Michigan State lost its coach, and so they have been on a very downward track. They've been losing a lot of games. I went with Block out to watch the Michigan-Michigan State last game last week, and uh, Michigan beat Michigan State 49 to nothing. So Malik's going through some tough times, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the future, but – in the end, good things come to those who work hard. Everybody have a great weekend. Follow us on DocInTheBlock.com. Also on BigTimers.org. We're going to be here next week 
uh, sharing some more insight into success in life. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.